even if I wasn't a fan of athletics, I'd want to be going to something like that. I'm just looking forward to running. For me, the bigger the stage, the better the atmosphere, the faster I run. Hi, I'm Iris Downs and I'm an 800 metre runner, lacrosse player and a farmer who drives tractors. And you're listening to The Big Run Podcast. Welcome back to The Big Run. We have some incredible conversations and in-the-field reporting coming up over the coming days and weeks to get you primed for ONS Track Nights. A series of events where fast times meet loud crowds to create a unique experience for the entire running community. You can find out more at ontracknights.com and be sure to catch up with our trailer to give you a taste of what's in store on the show. As the OTN series continues on the big run, we move to London for the legendary night of 10,000 metre PBs hosted by Highgate Harriers. Throughout the week, we'll be releasing episodes to build excitement for this celebrated night of athletics, including a special recorded live at the event. As part of the programme, this coming Saturday, teenage middle distance runners are being given a taste of the unique atmosphere that is synonymous with Night of the 10,000 metre PBs. Before the main championship race, there will be 800 metre events for under 17 and under 20 runners. The aim being to help the young athletes run faster, give them a taste of bigger events and help them achieve qualifying standards. In today's episode, I journeyed up to Shrewsbury to meet one of the 800 metre athletes to look out for, Iris Downs. She had an incredible 2022, from her first Diamond League to her first GB vest and then a European bronze to close things out. I wanted to learn more about her, her journey into the sport, hear a little from her mum and coach and what she's looking forward to at Parliament Hill this Saturday. Hello, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah, You're good, right. thank you. I'm so early. No, I'm no, 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 well, that's fine. We're absolutely fine. Do you want a coffee or tea or something before you disappear? After greeting Iris and her mum Claire and a quick coffee top up, I joined Iris on her Sunday run on the bike and found out as a farmer's daughter there's some natural strength and conditioning benefits to be had. So, lambing is your SNC, you were saying? Yes, lambing is my SNC. Um, catching ewes um, and then carrying the lambs and moving them around everywhere and yeah the ewes are a lot heavier than I am so <laughs> I get very strong. So you're, you're in lambing season now or lambing season's just finished? No we finished um, about a month ago and okay. we lamb around eight, 800 sheep um, so we have about six, 1400 lambs. Um, wow. So it's a pretty busy time of the year. Wow. <laughs> and so you're doing that alongside, obviously, your training yeah. and your studying because you've got A-levels coming up pretty yeah. pretty soon. <laughs> well, you've got your first... So Highgate is the 20th of May and your first exam's on the 23rd. Yeah, so I'm going to have to be pretty organised and there's going to be a big revision push this week so I can enjoy the weekend and then get straight back to it with revision. How do you balance it with your with your training and, and, and your studying? Because like I can tell that you're super passionate about, <laughs> about running. And I yes. think if I was in that position and it was something that I really loved, like I think, I feel like the revision would get pushed further down. Like, <laughs> so yeah, how do you strike a balance? Um, well, for me, running is my happy place and running's my escape. And I don't want it to be anything other than that because mm. as soon as it starts becoming not my happy place 
then I'm not going to enjoy it. See. Um, and I need a job afterwards and running, <laughs> running, my dream is to go pro one day, but if that doesn't happen, I'm gonna have, a, have to have a backup choice. Yeah. So, and I enjoy my studies. Like I do really enjoy it. And I'm really fortunate that my parents, they've been pretty firm. They say I need to do both, need to run and work. Um, but I work pretty hard. Um, so yeah, running's like my escapism. Mm. And it means that I think I do better in the classroom and I run faster. Yeah. And I'm not 100% putting all my eggs into one basket and focusing on running. Also, I love the freedom of it. I just, I love the sport of athletics. I love the simplicity of it. I mean, it's not that hard. I run two laps of a track. The worst that can happen is I don't finish. And the best that can happen is I um, go over the finish line first and I run the fastest two laps I've ever run. It's pretty simple. I mean, it's hard to execute a perfect race, but um, like the ethos of it is, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not hard to get your head around mm. um, athletics. And obviously you have different events, but I think it's how high you jump um, or how long you jump or how fast you sprint or how far you throw. That was, I feel that it's very natural. I always say everyone's born to run and that's what we're made to do as human beings. Um, our ancestors run and that's how we survived. So it's something very innate. Um, yeah, and that, that's why I love it. I'm able to travel a lot further as well and see some amazing places with running. First introduction to running. Um, my mum always tells me this story of when she found out or suddenly realised that I was going to be a runner. Um, I think I was about maybe six or seven and okay. um, we were in Wales and I was running along a beach sprinting after a rugby ball or something and or just running in the sea and my mum said yeah one day that girl's going to be a runner <laughs> or that, that girl is born to run. So you, you joined the club and then how did it progress from there? Um, so for probably from the ages 8 to 11 I just went to the club on a Monday night and um, they had these indoor sessions I always remember we either did the bouncing off the boards and the hurdles and things like that um, so I did that for a good um, it was good fun and then I joined Colin's training group um, and that was on Tuesday night and that was that was proper training I mean we ran around the whole track <laughs> how did it feel first time round having that experience of like getting into the the more serious side of training oh i was so competitive oh really i hated not um having people faster than me because <laughs> um, i was running and obviously there were people my own age but they'd been at his group for quite a while and they were used to all the paces and a lot fitter than i was and um <laughs> i remember we did this i think it was 800 meter rep at he calls it cruise pace which is a bit faster than a slow jog but slower than 5k pace um and yeah i mean i was so cross that everyone was in front of me and i was lagging behind but i knew i really enjoyed it and 
I wanted to keep turning up because I wanted to be faster than everyone else. Um, and then I made some really good friends. Um, and it was basically just a social for a couple of years. Um, and then went from once a week to twice a week. But still just a social, still fun. Um, still just so I could meet new people and see my friends once a week that weren't in school. And then lockdown hit in 2020 and I play lacrosse and I wasn't able to play lacrosse because I couldn't be part of a Quite a good standard, uh, yes. I understand. You're being very modest there. <laughs> yeah, I played um, lacrosse for Wales and I only stopped this year when I wanted to fully focus on running. Um, so I wasn't able to play lacrosse um, during lockdown, obviously. And so my coach, Colin Lancaster, said, right, <laughs> I've got you to myself. Let's see what we can do. Um, let's see how far we can get during this lockdown with training. And so I started it four times a week, running just one session, um, basically just very short jogs, 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes for my long run. And then um, slowly upped it from there. And then, yeah, the next season ran went from 212 to 208 and suddenly that big jump from being sort of top 10 in the rankings or there or thereabouts to thinking I can medal at English schools or um, the English champs that was quite a big change um, psychologically mm. and I was thinking right I'm as good as you girls um, I'm gonna see it's more race tactics as well thinking what can I do to win this race not necessarily what can I do to run a fast time? Um, and annoyingly, I came fourth in every single major, every single championship. Um, but it was very good learning, and ultimately, no one cares, and it doesn't really matter. Um, Talk to me about that psychological change, though, because I think that that's really interesting, isn't it? When you when you when you as a, when an athlete breaches a certain threshold in, in terms of time and performance, where it's like, okay, right. Uh, I can start to think about competing at a level maybe previously I hadn't thought was possible. Like, how do you, you know, as a younger athlete, how do you approach that shift? Yeah, um, well, it was always something that I thought I could do. Mm. But um, it was the change from me being a little year eight, going to English schools, having run 218, um, and I remember Ella Greenway, a um, very good runner. Um, she's my age group now and she ran a 205 um, in the winter. And um, I remember she was in my heat and someone asked her, what did she want to run? And she was like, oh, I, I really want to get um, probably 208. <laughs> and I remember my little face just falling, going, 208, I'm happy if I get 218, and I'm running in the same race as you. Um, so it's that big shift from thinking that, from thinking that you're, they're not beatable, to going, actually, no, I can challenge you. Um, I am of that level, and it's, right now, I think everyone's beatable. Um, and if I have a good race, and I actually execute it properly, then, I think, yeah, definitely anyone is beatable. I'm curious about tracing that, because we'll chat to your mum a bit later as well. I'm curious about tra tracing that lineage of that, that self-belief that you've clearly yeah. got. 
Do you, yeah, yeah. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think it's from your mum or from oh, your dad? It comes from or both definitely, of them. well, both of them, but definitely from my mum. Mm. Um, she's she is my idol, and she's my hero. My mum is. Um, she worked herself up from nothing, and um, she used to play lacrosse for Wales. And she's a very independent, strong-minded woman. And if some people say, "Oh, you're like your mum," and I take it as a huge compliment. Um, so yeah, she is, my aim is to be like her, but run a little bit faster. <laughs> Hello, I'm Claire Downs, Iris's mum. Well, we're really pleased that she got invited because you may have heard I saw the event. Um, something must have come up, I don't know, on some stream somewhere, um, popped up that there was this 800 invitational race. So I, Iris and I were like, oh, that looks that sort of environment love to race in so I did email and say is this something you sign up for what's the situation and was told it's invitational and we'd know by I think it was the 24th of April so I just said well Iris would love to race if there's a chance to be invited so we were really pleased when she got the invitation through. Iris loves an opportunity where there is a big stage there's lots of people not in a you know not in a showing off way but she just loves the atmosphere the environment she gets psyched up sometimes too overexcited. that is probably the one thing where we pull the reins on her because she loves it so much um, and controlling that excitement but definitely that adrenaline for her is what drives her Um, and so when we saw an event like this thought oh that's that's perfect um but i think the growth opportunities and particularly with these youngsters having had that all culled during covid to then come out of that and running absolutely kept iris on track during covid it kept her focused academically gave a discipline and structure and you know we're forever grateful that she had that so to now be having the rewards of that hard work i just think you know, running is giving her so much that we never dreamt and she's grasping everything that's on offer. You, you, we were chatting in your, in your kitchen whilst I was uh, scoffing down a lovely flapjack. You said something along the lines of what does, athletic need, what does athletics need or, you know, what can we do to help athletics? And I think as someone who's, you know, showing incredible potential and promise and, and moving through the sport, I mean, what else do you think can help it? And what's the version of athletics you want to kind of graduate into, you know, yeah. as you get older? Yeah, well, an event like the Night of 10 KPBs, um, I think athletics needs a lot more events like that, where it's more of a carnival festival atmosphere with music and flamethrowers and things like that. I mean, I was watching loads of videos on it and I was just getting excited. I mean, if I, even if I wasn't a fan of athletics, I'd want to be going to something like that. Um, so I think that's a really big thing. Um, and then also athletes needing to be brave enough to set out their goals or being, I want to win this major champ or this is the time I want to run and promoting rivalries. I think that's a really big thing and doing podcasts where athletes show their story and um, show a bit of who they are, not these machines who produce these amazing times and go out and win, win world championship medals and Olympic medals that they are human too. 
and they have their own struggles and they have to sacrifice. Um, so I think it's partly brands sponsoring events like On is doing an amazing job um, and having events like the 9 of 10 KPBs um, bringing the general population into it but also athletes being brave enough to put themselves out on the line for their sport. Oh yeah, I love where we live. And it, I think it's the best place for running because I have oh, specific routes all around my country, all around the country lanes where I'm like, I know that's 10K, I know that's 15K. So you know this then is uh, about a 40 minute loop then? Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> love that, love that. And no watch as well? No, um, yeah. Like I'd, I'm not, I mean, I like to know roughly my mileage. Um, well, K-lidge if you like to say, but I don't really work in miles. Um, and it's about, depending, it's between 60 and 70k a week. Um, but yeah, like with the sessions, I never do any of my splits because Colin, my coach, he's very much a feeling-based runner, um, coach. And he go, we have chatty pace, which is this pace, a pace that you can talk at without getting out of breath. Yeah. And then we have cruise, um, which is a pace that you feel good. You can talk, but you need a big breath before you speak, you know, it's a bit more breath, or breathy, he calls it yeah. sometimes. And then obviously 5K pace, 10K pace, um, 1500, 800, but it's all about feeling, yeah. um, which I enjoy because then you don't get obsessed and het up about times and your paces, because you're just like, yeah, that feels good. Does 800 pace have another name? I feel like 800 pace should be like, I don't know, like... It's faster. Horrible pace, like <laughs> throw up in a bucket kind of pace. Like. Well, we have 800 pace and then fast and relaxed okay. is our next one okay. above that. But yeah, 800 pace. We only ever do 200s at 800 meter pace. So it's never, never too bad. And sometimes you might chuck in 400 800 meter pace. That's not very nice. Oh. I run that and I was thinking, how can I do another lap? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fine. Um, I love our coaching, the way we do it. And I'm able to train with some very talented athletes like Jack Kimraid, Beth Rawlinson. So I'm really lucky and they're great friends as well. Hi, my name's Colin Lancaster and I am the coach of Iris Downs and I've coached her since she was 13 and I'm really looking forward to coming down to the night of 10,000 metres to see an 800 metre race. Iris loves racing. She, the bigger the stage, the better she performs. So I'm pretty certain with the lights flashing on the inside and the atmosphere and the lights that it would be right up her street. So what are you going to be saying to her as a coach? On the day. On the day. Not very much at all because I do my coaching not on race day. I used to. so. Um, I used to, we used to have chats about what to do, but now she has a race head on. I'm very much on race day. It is, she, she makes her decision and I, she goes into race mode and I'm, it's counterproductive if I talk to her within 90 minutes of the race. But I will be talking to her about the lights and whether to race it. Who are you going to race? Are you going to race your opponents? Are you going to race the lights going around the inside of the track? And I think you've got to be a bit canny. And I think doing a 10K is different from 800 in that respect. In that the 800, you've, it's not a slow burn. You can't make a mistake. So you've got to race your opponents 
and keep one eye on the lights just to check you're going the right speed. That's what I want, and it's a big ask, especially under to focus in amongst all that that's going on. But she can do it. She's yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Run done. I sat down with Iris in the garden to chat some more about the event. So night of the 10,000 meter PBs. Obviously, yeah. we're not here to talk about 10,000 meters. You're going to be doing the 800 meters, but. Yeah. What have you heard about the event? What, what, what uh, rumblings have you heard in the running ether about this celebrated night of athletics? Well, I know that it's a carnival festival atmosphere. I have seen lots of videos of flamethrowers, DJs, um, people in the tents um, along the finishing straight and back straight with their beers, the beer tents. Um, I've heard the atmosphere on the videos, but I'm sure it doesn't do it any kind of justice. Um, and I'm just looking forward to running because for me, the bigger the stage, the um, better the atmosphere, um, the faster I run. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I think it's a great opportunity um, for them to start, start doing some younger 800 meter races um, and really try and get a profile in the sport and an opportunity to get some pretty good times as well. Mm, that's interesting. Like You talk about the, the atmosphere. So we're recording this on Sunday. So six days before the event, this episode will be going out on the Thursday. But on the Wednesday, a lot of calendar dates there that I'm throwing out for the <laughs> listeners, you were at a B BMC event. Yes, yeah, I was. How was that? Um, so I was at Birmingham um, for the BMC event, and I love the track at Birmingham. Um, it's always a lovely atmosphere, and um, it's, I guess, as it's, it's close as I get to being the 9 10 KPB, because you had the uni students out coming and cheering, but I'm sure nothing <laughs> like the night of the 10 KPBs. Um, and it's always pretty still. And I I told my coach um, before I was going out there, I was like, I'm going to blow up in this race. I am really going to go out hard and see how long I can last for. And my aim is to die. I want the last 100 metres, me to be absolutely dead on my knees. And I definitely achieved that. <laughs> um, the first 200 metres I ran in 26 seconds, which is far faster than any 400 I've ever run in my life. And then um, I carried on to do the first 400 in 59 seconds and then went through, still kept that up pretty much, um, and went through 600 in 131. And then the last, the last hundred meters, that was that was painful. <laughs> that was that was very hard work, and I was just pipped to the line. But um, I know that there's a lot left in the tank, and I know if I get the first two hundred meters right, and I go off slower and um, a bit more controlled and less frantic, um, then I'm on for some pretty good times this season, and I'm hoping to execute a perfect race for the night of the 10 KPBs. <laughs> so the aim for the BMC was to was to go out and 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 die. I, yeah. lo I, I, I love that. I love that expression. <laughs> so what is the? So you're wanting to execute the perfect race. What? So what are you setting intentions prior to to Saturday's race? What's the intention going into going into it? Um. So I've got a race on Tuesday where my aim is to bag a 204. Um. Hopefully. Um, just so I have the qualifying time for Europeans. And then um, on Saturday for the night of the 10Ks, I um, will be following the lights, <laughs> um, which are going round in 204s. Um, so I will be do a conservative first lap, that's my aim, and then 
um, see how well I feel and how good I'm going and um, yeah really go for it on the last lap and my aim is just to win and try and put on a show. <laughs> I love that so talk to me about the 800 meters like I mean what is it about the distance that you love? Um, I love the speed element of it um, but I love the fact that one wrong move one tactical error and your race is completely done for um, and one right tactical error and you can win um, so that's what I really like about it the adrenaline mm. rush and you have to be making some really hard decisions when you've got no energy you're in a lot of pain and one wrong decision and you could blow up like I did on Wednesday um, so that's what I love about it and um, I just think it's a great race to watch obviously I'm biased but um, uh, it's there's stuff always happening so um, you have one person leading the race for the 200 and then you can have someone who was coming last at that point winning the race at the end um, and there are lots of lots of elbows and lots of pushing and shoving um, so I just find that all very very exciting. Does your lacrosse bleed into oh, the elbow yes. element of it? Yes I'm very physical on the lacrosse pitch I give off a lot of bruises <laughs> and I've got very pointy elbows so they come in handy when I'm getting boxed in in right. an 800. So you're bre I love that so you, the, the, the cross elbows yes. might be debuting at, uh, at, at Parliament Hill what is when you're thinking about uh, in terms of the actual racing do you do you have like what is your race craft like leading up to the race do you I mean do you look at the fields do you do you visualize the race like how how do you approach it in terms of that side of things yeah I um, I do look at the field um, but I don't focus on it too much because anything can happen on the day. I mean, if you're the fastest in the field, then you can have people that are um, run amazing PBs and they suddenly beat you. Or if you think you're the slowest and you think, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be at the back, but then they run a really slow first lap. So I think I can't put too much emphasis on the field, but I have a good pre-race routine where oh, I'm pretty much asleep for the whole of the day. <laughs> I have my pre-race um, nap um, where I just close my eyes. I don't act fall asleep but um, yeah just visualize the race every single part of it which bits are gonna hurt um, but I feel for an 800 meters I've got to mentally prepare myself for the pain because it is a very painful race and so you've got to go in into the race knowing that it's going to be painful and knowing which parts you want to want it to hurt when you're gonna push um, but also I just rely on my instincts um, mm. And there are a lot of races where I've got it very wrong, mm. <laughs> and each race for myself is a learning, is a learning ex experience. Um, so yeah, I'm viewing night of 10 kpvs. I want to execute a perfect race, but if I don't, then that's an another learning experience. I mean, you, it feels like you you may, you've learned a lot. I mean, looking back at your 2022, like <laughs> there was a lot of amazing kind of highlights. I mean, were there any ones that you you drew a lot from, like a lot of learnings that you're maybe going to carry over in, into this year and into this, into this season? Um, well, I guess the obvious one is um, the under 18 Europeans in Jerusalem, where I was fortunate enough to get a bronze medal. Um, but I was. This may sound silly to say, but I was devastated with that bronze medal. Um, I was really upset after mm. the race because I thought I was capable enough to get the gold. In the race, I don't think I would have done anything differently. I kicked really hard for home at 200 and I went for that gold. And I think if I left it later, I could have got a silver potentially, but I, there was always gonna be the what if, if I went, um, if I didn't go earlier. I got boxed in and I wanted to make it a hard race and I wasn't able to do that. So I got a lot of learnings from that, how not to get boxed in, how not to make um, the bad decisions. Um, but actually I'd say my favorite race and of the whole season 
um, on the one which I'm most proud of is the Watford BMC. Um, I ran a 205 that day and but I was on for two minutes for about 700 meters of the race. And that was a day where I'd felt absolutely amazing and I was flying down the back straight on the second lap. And um, I just really went for it. And it was the first time that I truly tested what my body could do and where its limits were. And I died on the last 100 meters, and, but I wasn't devastated. I wasn't upset about it. Um, it was just really exciting because my coach said for the first time, he said, well, that, that could be a world-class athlete. That's, that's something pretty special. Um, so yeah, I'd say that was the first time there was a turning point where I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> I, I feel like the, the two minute thing is, is, is in the post for you. That's um, what I'm going to be slowly aiming for, quietly mm. aiming for. Because um, it's a big deal, isn't it? It is. I mean, I ran a 207 um, on Wednesday, but that was running stupidly and running 26 200 i mean no one in their right mind does that <laughs> um so i think if i execute a good race i i could later on in the season i could be around those kind of times um which is really exciting um but i've just got to keep myself well i've got to sleep i've got to revise hard but also make sure i look after myself because i'm someone who goes who puts 110 percent in everything that they do and i can't quite do that with revision if i want to be um executing on the track as well um so i'm just trying to get that balance right before my exams start alongside that as well you're also doing studies and sort of investigative exploring to other fields that that really sort of interest you and you're passionate about do you want to sort of tell us a little bit about that because we were talking about them whilst scoffing flapjakes yes. when i first arrived yeah so last year um i did an epq which is an extended project qualification and i did it on the topic of how to harness the menstrual cycle to enhance running performance and i decided that this was something that i was passionate in um after a race the year before at the english schools i had an absolutely atrocious race um my legs gave up on me on the second lap and um, I was in shape to win it. And um, that was all because I'd started my period that day. And from that day on, I thought, this is not going to be a barrier to my success. Um, and I'm not going to let something like that affect me or have such a negative impact on my life. And with all the research that I've been doing, I found that there's not many studies out there. And the studies that are out there, they're only on maybe 10 women. And you have one study saying one thing and then another study absolutely contradicting your findings. Um, so I found it quite challenging um, to write a mini dissertation on it but the things that I found out um, I was able to apply to my running and my life so now I take um, iron tablets and um, I'm really conscious that I'm eating enough because um, a big thing about periods is that if you don't eat enough you're not going to be able to perform and it's far better that you have your period every month and maybe that your racing isn't quite as good um, that you don't have your period but I read in a book that um, Paula Radcliffe ran her, I think it was marathon world record. It was the 215, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. in Chicago. And um, she was on her period. 
and um, she was struggling with cramps but she was able to run an absolutely outstanding time and I think when you change it mentally in your head where you think no I'm in PB shape when I'm on my period I should be running the fastest I possibly can because that's when your hormone levels um, your testosterone levels spike as well so you're most like a male in that that sense when you're on your period then um, you're able to run faster because you don't have that mental barrier and last season I ran my PB my 204.44 when that day when I'd started my period Um, so yeah I was able to apply everything that I'd learnt um, to my racing and it's seemed to have helped. <laughs> so it's incredible I and mean, you're, you're, you're clearly so passionate about this sport that it's leading you to sort of pursue like no stone unturned yeah. so to speak. So I'm a running could, geek. <laughs> yeah I mean it, it, where do you think that, that stems from for you that, that sort of that geekery of, of the sport the passion that you, yeah. you clearly have for it? Um, well I think with runners because it's such an individual sport you can become quite obsessive and those little nuances I mean um, if you have an extra nap a day you could be that that extra one percent or if you're eating um, more protein or whatever you can run that little bit extra faster Um, so yeah I think that stems from it but also I like to do everything I can to the best of my ability and running is the same in that. I mean, I revise as hard as I can. I work really hard at school, so I'm not going to change for running. If my coach Colin Lancaster says that I'm doing a 40 minute run, I'm doing 40 minutes to the dot. I'm not doing one second faster. I'm not doing one second slower. Um, yeah, I do I do what I'm told in that sense um, with running. But don't get me wrong, I do like to challenge things as well. Oh, do you? How, yes. how does that manifest? Um, I like to question why we're doing certain things, Um, uh, his coaching philosophy I like to question so that I know and understand why we're doing that session and how that's going to help me improve and how that's going to help me in the summer and what part of my race is this going to help, is it going to make me um, have more endurance or is it going to make me faster in the last 200 metres, so yeah I'm I'm a geek in that kind of sense as well. I really like the coaching side of things um, and just learning how the body works because I'd, I'd say that everyone is coached in a similar way. Most people have two to three sessions a week. Most people have a long run and the rest of it is jogging or recovery and some people may do s and and others not. Um, but it's those little nuances that um, make each individual coach slightly different and that's what works for some people and not for others so I find that very fascinating. Love that, love that your passion is it, it sort of it radiates it's so interesting so just coming back to Highgate, yeah. Parliament Hill so you sort of talked a little bit about what, what you've heard so there's this sort of last hundred meters you've talked about a few times where you've, you've maybe you've gone out you've died and stuff like that yeah I mean how do you think the atmosphere that you've sort of heard about that is sort of cultivated by Ben and Highgate yeah. Harriers, how do you think that's going to maybe help you in that last 100 metres? And, yeah, how do you think that might manifest on, on Saturday when, when the gun goes off? I thrive off a crowd and an atmosphere. Um, so I'm relying on the crowd to be very loud and everything that I've heard, it's going to be that and more. Um, and so, yeah, having people on that home straight um, in lane three cheering you on, uh, that's just going to be that extra little bit that can get you to the line. And when you you feel like your legs are going to give up on you, then the crowd will just give you that push. 
Um, so I'm very excited to be running and I've never experienced anything like it. Um, even the Birmingham Diamond League Alexander Stadium, um, I think this will top it um, crowd-wise. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Bold it. claim. <laughs> but I, it's, it's funny. So we're recording this on, on the Sunday and the episode that's just gone out I had Chris Thompson who was saying that the atmosphere at Highgate was better than when he was at London 2012. Gosh. So I feel like yeah. there's 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 reason for that. For, it's for the it. intimacy of it, um, and you don't get that with athletics very often. The intimacy of it, and having people in lane three and so close to the action, and I'm looking forward to being able to hear my name clear. Hopefully, <laughs> I definitely hear my mum's voice <laughs> screeching over the top of people. Um, but yeah, um, hearing those voices and um, the cheering is going to be something very special. And however the race goes, I'm going to remember it forever. So I'm conscious I've been asking you lots and lots of questions all morning as we've gone through the country fields and seen the lambs and just made me uh, wish even more to move out of London. But that's a whole other podcast episode. But um, are there any questions that you want to ask of yourself as an athlete going forward? I'd like to see how far my body can go this season um, and how far I can push it when I execute the correct race. And I know in my head what I can run or what I think I can run, but I want to see that time on paper. And um, I've been fortunate enough in the winter and last summer to have some great experiences of traveling the world, having only been on an aeroplane once before last summer to um, traveling the world to America and Jerusalem and Colombia and then um, so I'd love to carry on traveling the world with running and just see where this sport takes me because it's such a special sport and the opportunity it gives um, people like myself. I want to grab it with two arms and <laughs> yeah, hold on to it as tightly as I can. And yeah, I'm very, very passionate about growing it. So I'm just excited and looking forward to where it can take me. And then when I'm off to the States as well, um, seeing where I can go in the NCAAs and see how far I can get there. I've got a feeling your passport book is going to be getting filled with lots of stamps <laughs> over the next couple of years. I mean, I, I feel very confident. I feel very confident. And that feels like a, a really lovely note to, to end our conversation on. Iris, thank you so much for having me in your in your beautiful home, um, for feeding me, for showing me the lambs and being thank a you brilliant for coming. guest. It's been lovely. A big thank you to Iris, her family and coach for letting me come to speak to them. Iris will be towing the line in these Invitational 800 events later on in the day, which promise to be really exciting. On tomorrow's episode... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the, the class of 2023 after, the, after this weekend and see what, uh, see what happens to them. I'll see you then for the big run. <laughs>